we are back for the 36th episode of the Home Mad Advantage podcast. Joined today <laughs> in person, we have Sam and Jude in person for the second time. And we are joined by a special guest, Cornell commit Eric Gibson. I bet you're used to that title. Schmerick Gibson. Yeah. He's here joining Gibson. us. Erickson. Gib Erickson. Gib Gib, Erickson. We got Gib Erickson on the podcast, guys. That's Gib, how are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, it's been, a, it's been a long time since we've recorded our last podcast, and we had Eric in town, and so we thought, you know what, let's push it off a little bit longer, because that's when <laughs> we got to push it back so we can have the three-man podcast. And um, as you can see, we've got three different types of home out advantage gear right now. So Sam Herring. Actually, we'll start with uh, Eric here. Has the super fashionable HMA hoodie. It's a large because he likes large sweatshirts, and he's our male model. Yes. Right? Sam has the white, uh, the white hoodie. It's post. Um, maybe you if you guys like that, we'll produce more of them. They're not for sale right now. And then I have the, uh, the salmon swisher. It says funny things on the back. You have to pose. Good job. What <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. We're models. So we're here today. Talk a little bit of wrestling. There's been a lot of wrestling action in the past couple of weeks that we haven't recapped yet. So now it's time to recap it. And uh, before we get started, I'd like to remind our listeners, like I always do, not Sam, not Eric, but me. Follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter, send us emails at HMA Wrestling. Uh, our website is www.hmawrestling.com. Four W's. Not that many W's, only three. <laughs> but then you got to um, make sure to go check out our merch at hmawrestling.com slash shop. Uh, and Christmas sale, it's coming. Ring-a-ling-ling. Remember, Bring slash it. shop. We, Eric has his uh, mistletoe hat. Mistletoe hat. Um, I'm being forced to wear this, guys. I'm making him wear it. <laughs> <laughs> So, HMAWrestling.com slash shop if you want to check it out. But, without further ado, let's hop into some of the action uh, over the past couple weeks. So, well, they held it in Cincinnati, and it was the Flow Wrestling RTC Cup sponsored by Titan Mercury. And, who doggy? That's a, te- that's a Tennessee thing, right? Who doggy? I've never heard it before, right. i got to be honest. Well... Who doggy? <laughs> they had um, like so much talent. Fantasy. So, so much talent, right? Um, we had six RTCs show up. It's, you know, represented from all, all over the country, right? Between the New York Athletic Club and Wisconsin and NJRTC and SERTC and Cliff Michigan, Cliff Keen and Spartan Combat and um, Ohio RTC and like, you know, free agents from everywhere. The Lehigh Wrestling Club showed up and all sorts of stuff. So there's a ton of really high quality wrestlers and a ton of matchups that we're probably going to see in the Olympic trials coming up, hopefully next spring. So, so before we dive into that, what do you guys think of like the format of RTC duels? And I was, I was talking to somebody about it recently um, that is outside of wrestling. They were never a wrestler. They never really got into wrestling until um, recently. And um, just so they've been involved in sports, they, they like all kinds of things. And I, like talking to people like that because I know all of us are so tunnel visioned and blinded by everything else. Like wrestling is the best sport, period. Everything that we do is correct. And um, everybody should love wrestling, right? right? But I like getting other people's perspective and um, and making sure that we have a little bit of outside information. So um, it's, I think the aspect that we have a tied to wrestling of when you graduate college, you go to that RTC is like the traditional 
time. So, like, right. if, if you're playing football and people that graduate from Alabama go right into the Alabama professional team instead of Detroit Lions or whoever, right? So I think we have an interesting thing here, um, and I don't know if we want to keep it. I know Nomad was talking on Twitter about um, getting into, like, actual professional wrestling teams that are not tied to the colleges, but I don't know if we want to do that. What do you guys think? So I think initially it, it, it makes a lot of sense to keep it all tied right into just like the same core alumni group because um, that just creates investment not only from uh, you know from a program standpoint and from like you know this is where like the next step logically to keep guys you know so you have someone who graduates Lock Haven they're gonna stay on in wrestling at the LHU you know Mattown Wrestling Club yeah right um, and that makes sense f- as from a program standpoint to just retain wrestlers you know, and to keep growing your program, you're going to, guys are going to go through your pro college program and then they go right into your freestyle. Um, the other thing is that from a fan standpoint, it makes it a lot easier to follow those wrestlers who graduated. So if I'm a fan of Vincenzo Joseph Mm -hmm. and he graduates Penn state, well, he's going right to NLWC. Right. And if, you know, I, all I see is like, Oh, Penn state here, Penn state here, right? Like folk style, Penn state, freestyle, Penn state. It's really easy for me to find, and it kind of shares fans too so like in football if you love you love the Steelers right Mm -hmm. you're not going to naturally like Pittsburgh right you're not going to naturally like both of those schools but if you like the the Penn State wrestling team you're going to also like the NLWC and so college fans trickle over into the professional wrestling and professional wrestling fans trickle over into college and that's the cool part about just the um like I said like not only is it retaining wrestlers but it's also retaining fans right as well and so i think that's a good thing um i think it's interesting how we're seeing i guess over the past couple years an an increase in transfers i mean just recently like nation transferred from um he was up at was he at cornell he was at at cornell and then he He was at sunkiss he well he went from cornell to sunkiss then he was off the grid for a little while moved to tennessee to coach a club and he's still in tennessee but now he's at the Southeast RTC. Right. And so, and I mean, obviously the big ones in the past couple of years is Thomas Gilman from uh, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club right. to Snippy Lion and Snyder Cox. and Cox is another yeah. huge one. Like you're having world champions picking up, moving their families <laughs> all right. across the country for, for wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing an increase in transfers. Um, and I am. Except none of those guys really have families at the time. I'm. I don't know how I personally feel about it. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, like on one hand, there's a lot of good things to be said for like, you know, you want to get as many good guys as you can and right. recruit and build up your, your program because their programs just like, mm-hmm. you know, a college team is or even yeah. some high school teams, but you're not allowed to recruit in high school. Uh, some teams are. Some teams. I think the rule is what? The, the dormitories. Kids, I feel like the kids could. Oh my goodness. All right. Santa's here. (laughs) (laughs) Santa's arrived. Um, But, uh, Eric, what do you think about the RTC format that being tied to a college? And then as far as switching RTCs, do you think that's something that's good for wrestling or that they should probably stick to their – I mean, you guys said most of it, but, like, uh, switching RTCs, I feel like if I were to RTC now, I would not switch. Right. Just because, like Jude said, it's easier to follow. Uh, like if I were just like up and move, right? And like it, it would be just confusing. Mm. Yeah, I know, and I think I think it's 
different. I don't know. It's it's just it's kind of like plus Eric, every situation's different, right? Plus Eric, he wouldn't leave the Spartan van. No. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like, James Green talked about it. He moved also to SERTC. From Nebraska. And a lot of it was just, like, he needed to be closer to family. Yeah. Like, he lived in Nebraska and did not see his family. And then now he's going and moving closer to his wife's family and to his own family. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot more personal stuff. I mean, Kyle, yeah. his one, I think one of his primary motivations was his wife wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. She was going to Penn State Medical School. So his wife's going to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, every situation's different. I just think it's interesting that um, it's cool that it's you're just they're training guys and guys are mo- willing to pack up and move different places just to get a little bit better at our now, silly little sport. The thing that I think would add to the switching of RTCs is if it had to be a trade. Like, mm. if we really had a, Ooh, a, a like full a draft lead, type thing. Like NFL. The trades yeah. are really cool. But right now, it almost feels like it's just a guy leaving, right? It's also a little bit of a money thing, too. It right? is a money thing, for because, sure. Um, I mean, it's not a secret. The NLWC has the most funds uh, out of any, any program. RTC and not, uh, and I'm not saying that in a sense like, oh, the rich get richer, um, because it's clear like what Kale did has directly correlated to their increase yeah. in funds. And also, they just have an extremely large alumni Right, and the so, coaches and the coaches that work really hard for fundraising do really well through RTC. Exactly. Coach, Coach Bona at Wisconsin, their RTC was almost nothing. Right, a while ago, they're, they're he coming worked up. his butt off, and they have. I mean, they were in the RTC Cup. They're making money. They're able to sign guys like Gross. They're able to sign guys all over the board, and I think the coaches that work hard at it. And I know we talk about the successful programs, Penn State, Iowa. Iowa works so hard on fundraising. They have so many guys, and they have guys speak, and that's a big thing to them is the Hawkeye Wrestling Club donor system and all that. I have a question. Did they have – they – all right, this might seem a little in, uh, misinformed, but when uh, Brandon Sorison got diagnosed with leukemia, mm-hmm. were they able to use any of those funds, uh, like donated funds or I no accumulated? Idea. I have no idea. That might be something I need to ask somebody, but um, – I'm sure they did donate something, but oh, of course. They I mean, um, yeah, well, I mean, it was crazy. What did they try to raise? Something like they had to raise like seventy thousand. They raised. I'm I'm messing the numbers up. They hundreds of thousands. They raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. I actually yeah. have a a Sorensen bandana over there, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of Chris Bono and his Wisconsin um nice cheeseheads, dude, they uh <laughs> they showed up this weekend at the or yeah. er, last weekend last weekend at the RTC Cup. Um, big time. That was a good transition. Seth Gross, her, dude, Sam liked that. I'm proud of you. Seth Gross, uh, uh, Evan Wick, who else was there from Wisconsin? Was it just those two? Who is their heavyweight? I don't know. Trent right. Hilger? We'll have to look at that. I, no, I don't think it was, I don't think Hilger was there. Is it, yeah, I We'll have to look that there. up, but, um, I'll pull up the brackets and that'll be fine. But, yeah. I have the brackets right here. Uh, <sighs> Gross, Gross looked really, really good. His, his final match with Nation surprised me, but, I mean... Nation was up and down the entire weekend, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we can it just surprise me, but not too much. We can start off. I say we go weight by weight and just talk about the biggest um, upsets and and how this all contributes to. Obviously, the big thing is going to be Olympic trials here, right? Hopefully, in April or whenever that's going to be. So fifty-seven kg. I think the like immediate biggest takeaway 
and I know it's on all your minds, is Vito Rougeau is a yeah. contender. Super. We'll let, we'll let Eric talk about his Cornell boy here. Yeah, you like Vito? Yeah, Vito. Vito's <laughs> pretty, he's pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, pretty? I think he's very entertaining. It's an understatement. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but I, my eyes were on him all weekend. Uh, I was excited to watch all of his matches, uh, especially he's the ones so with fun. Nation. Did you guys see oh, the first one with Nation was so? Did bad you guys see Christian Pyle's tweet about, or I think he posted on Twitter and Instagram, but like, uh, Vito was stretching, and he was doing his warm up where he was like this, <laughs> yeah. and he was like hand fighting. That's, while that's just that looked just like it. Thank you, thank you. I'm that was good, that. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so, I love that. I thought that was so cool. It, it was great. Vito's really impressive, and just his variety and attacks, and like he doesn't have like one shot he doesn't have a shot like if you you know nation garrett he's gonna hit you with a double from space yeah right like you you know and james green has re-attacks for days like that like these guys have really um well-developed things that like really work for them whereas i mean nation was hitting foot sweeps or excuse me vito was hitting like foot sweeps and nation was too nation was he who did he take mueller he took down mueller like he like hooked his foot or something i don't even remember but like it's just such a dynamic variety of offense that it's, it is, it's so impressive. I'll tell you what, Vito, you know how Yanni is so popular mm-hmm. in the sport within kids and everybody. Vito should be that popular. Yeah. And yeah. I know he hasn't had the same success that that Yanni has. Vito, like, I'll, if you go to a wrestling room of a club of kids, most kids don't know who Vito is. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, Vito is one of the biggest guys that I watch for film, American. Mm-hmm. Oh my Especially gosh. at that weight. Because he's so foreign. Think, <laughs> he is. I, I don't watch anybody at 57 kilograms more than more than him. Um, and He's so good. More kids need to be watching him and, and coaches and stuff. I'll say this. I really like him against the likes of a Nick Suriano or, I mean, obviously he beat Nick Suriano. Right. But like, um, or even a, uh, even a Dayton who have a lot – um, more focused offense, Gilman. a lot less um, variety. Variety. He needs a good draw. He does need. A, oh, anyone at fifty-seven. No so, matter where you're gonna so, be, it's gonna be a yeah. Gonna, it's but gonna be so, I'm saying dude. a good stylistic draw. So he hits a guy like Gross or a guy like um, Spencer, who has really dynamic offense um, and can also fend off and keep a high pace with him. Even Sammy Alvarez is a bad matchup for him. Mm. Um, and I know he wrestled him and did really well against him, but Sammy scored a bunch of points and a better game plan. Um, that might be rough. Guy like uh, RBY, if he can make 57, which I don't see happening. But any guys like that who are, who are really dynamic and, and can keep a high pace with him are really going to struggle. So I think he needs a draw of, like, even if he hits Dayton, then Gilman, then Suriano, like a draw like that, even though those are super tough guys, that's a really good draw for him. Mm. I think so too. And it's just, I mean, I like offense, and I think that offense is going to be the key to winning matches. I know. Look at that. That was insightful right there. Offense yeah. is the key to winning matches. Like, um, I completely agree. I know. <laughs> so Sounds I, like a true David Taylor race. Exactly. So I think that Vito, who has points have fun. so much potential for point scoring, is uh, really going to do well. Um, anyone else at 57 really catch your attention? I think – uh, we already touched on Nation, but he looked huge. He, looked he also like, didn't. He, he, didn't he say he's not going? He's back not going back down to fifty-seven, so he's going to could probably go up. He to said 65. that with, with Justin Bash, right? Yeah, he's going to sixty-five. We're gonna have a uh, an off, um, like a non-Olympic weight worlds next year, if I all have goes no well. Idea what's going on? Yeah, Normally hopefully. we do, but no idea what's going on. Yeah. UWW is gonna struggle. Mm. I think that um, Mueller 
he started off the day with a win against uh, day one, a win against Nation, which is huge, um, which was good. And uh, that was he wrestled a really smart match and caught all of the doubles with his face, uh, and really nice some really nice head pinches. Yeah, he was telling us about that. Oh man, that must have been rough. But I think that um, uh, I think that Mueller needs again. I think a little more dynamic offense to um, just to create more scoring opportunities because I think if he gets in a hole of where he needs to get two takedowns in a minute or two takedowns in a minute and a half. Uh, he doesn't create enough scoring opportunities to really um, put himself in that match. So um, I think that uh, that's just going to be something he's going to have to figure out for himself as he's going forward, how to create more scoring opportunities while also staying in good position. Because positionally, he is so sound. Yeah. Like, he, he, he just wrestles this left leg forward, hands open, and he just stands there and hand fight, and his down locks were beautiful mm-hmm. against Nishan. It worked really, really well. So let um, me ask you guys, here. What do what do the tiers look like at fifty seven? Uh, it's got to be Spencer, tier one. Is there any anyone else on tier one? Yeah, I think I think Spencer, Dayton, Gilman. Gilman. I think those guys are tier one. Okay, and, and then, then I'll put Gio Gross, tier two. Meet uh, Soriano. Soriano lost to both those guys, but they were close. It was I last literally last second in both of those matches. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Suriano in so long. I guess I'll put Suriano there too. I don't think. No, I think I, I'm not going to sleep on Nick Suriano. Uh, I, I I think I've he's, he's tier two. And I've then is there who else him. is going to be below that? I think it's um, you got it's Nation. Mueller no, and um. Let me let me. I feel like we're overlooking good. somebody. Um, I wonder if Tony Ramos will ever come back. See if you can pull up some rankings of 57. Yeah, I can do my Um. I and, got it. I got it. Okay, okay. We, we actually, I'm mean, gonna shameless plug. Um, we have rankings. On oh, should I do the, our home at advantage rankings? You, you could do both. Um, but we need to update those. We we're looking at those, but then we kind of stopped because we were. I was working on the women's rankings, and then I forgot about the men's. And anyway, uh, those should be coming out soon. Uh, Sheesh, just dude. senior level rankings for for all the weights. This isn't. This doesn't Man, look I'm good sore. at 57. If you go to the flow, like the international mm-hmm. rankings. Yeah. The first American guy is Thomas Gilman, number 17. We have we have um, domestic uh, rankings on there. Cologne. We overlooked Cologne. We did overlook Cologne. Um, Michic isn't going to wrestle in America. Derek so, Nabbit. I think Cologne... Treason. Cologne has a loss to Suriano, but he has a win over Gross, so he's probably a tier 2, tier 3 type guy. So... Um, but it's 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 pretty clear. Like this, these top three, top four, it's gonna be so tight, dude. Um, it really and is. And you want to depend on a tier s- of his own? Nah, maybe. I think we didn't we didn't say Darian Cruz. Darian Cruz is also doing pretty good. Mm, I don't know if I'd put him in a tier two or tier three. I'd put him in tier three. So, um, Nato, Zane Richards, and Dylan Raguston, who also has really been showing up. Okay. Uh, on to the next weight class, 65 this weekend um, down there was so much fun, especially because one James Green made the move down from 70 to 65, but right. it was 65 plus three. And so as a result, we got to see some really, really exciting matchups. Like, um, I mean, James Green versus Yanni. 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 That's the biggest one. Um, yeah. I, I mean, but – uh, Echemendio was down there. Brayden Lee, 
upset. Alec Pantaleo, Yanni, like just, just so stacked, dude. Um, I think I was super, just so, so impressed with Pantaleo. I think um, positionally he's really good. And again, when he wrestled Brayton the day one, pushing to get that tech when he knew that the dual meet was on the line. Tomasello. That's we, another guy. We said Tomasello. We said Tomasello. That's yeah. my bad. Um, Megalotus is up there, too. Oh, he's back. I forgot. These are our rankings. I'm just going to video podcast. Great great radio here, but those are our rankings right now. Uh, we've got Gilman at one, Fix two, Cologne, Spencer, Gross, Tomasello. People are going to hate us for putting Spencer or, so low. I mean, he hasn't done enough. He's only won is one he, tournament. He's a U.S. Open champ. That's all he's Senior done. Senior Nationals champ. So, I think 65, uh, for me, I thought Alec Pantelio looked really good. I thought Yanni looked um, incredible. I thought Green looked Green super looked good. He looked he looked, I thought he looked huge. But I also was really impressed with, like, I mean, he was in matches yeah. late. I, I didn't know how his conditioning was going to hold up, but he I think he, he did really well. I think Brayton still looks uh, – just raw. I mean, he's only like a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid, right? Um, and he's wrestling guys who are much, much older than him. Mm-hmm. Already graduated college, and he's going into his redshirt sophomore year. Yeah. Sophomore year. Yeah. So uh, he's got a. Um, he's just gonna get so much better. So I'm, I'm really proud of how he performed. Um, any other thoughts from 65 here? Um, not really. I, I think scrambling is so high, high level at 65. Mm-hmm. That might be the best weight for scrambling. Yeah, dude. You think so? Yeah. Let me. All right, I feel like, I feel like I'm being, I'm missing somebody. Who did I not talk about? Um, I don't know. There were some other guys in there, but those were the main. We, the guys we talked about were the, like the leaders of that weight. Was Karchla at seventy four? Yeah, Karchla at seventy four. He looks so good. So I guess we can move there. Yeah. Then um, seventy four. Uh, I mean, big one day one. Karchla beats. Uh, Makai Lewis, returning NCAA champion. Yeah, junior uh, world champ. Oh my gosh, dude. Karchel was so freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> he so, looked so awesome. You guys, do you, have you guys ever seen Karchel on the – you guys are close to his age on the high school level no, or anything? No. You, Don't watch you high school wrestling. Have you, like, ever heard of him before this? Before Well, Ohio not State? before this, but I obviously I knew it was before a big deal. He's coming to Ohio State. Yeah. Before Ohio State, no. So um, – one of the cool things about I was thinking y'all might know, but one of the cool things about being our age and like current wrestlers is we kind of get an inside look at who's going to be good in college mm-hmm. um, over some of the other people that are in wrestling media. So that's our advantage, right? The home home advantage. advantage, as some would um, say. So I've actually been to a couple like camps and stuff um, with Carter. His dad, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Team Moran in Columbus, Ohio. No. His dad is an immigrant from Russia. Whoa. Uh, came over on a trip. Oh yeah, Carter was a Russian name. Yeah. Came over on it. Actually, had to be translated. Like, they're right first God generation. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> that was good. Anyway, his dad was a Russian wrestler and came over on a trip and stayed. He didn't go back, and started his club, being really successful. But one of the like philosophies that he had for Carson um, was that he didn't compete like at all when mm. he was little. That's why nobody really heard of him as much is because he never competed. He wasn't doing. He did none of the big tournaments, none of the high school tournaments, really. really? He just kind of trained, stayed low and trained hard. And I'll tell you what, he trained hard. Um, and his dad had him do it, like, exactly his way. He followed the path, loved it, and did everything his dad had him do. And it was really good system for him. And now he's kind of blowing up. Everybody sees how good he is. And um, 
I could see from a while back he was going to be a really good wrestler. And it's interesting because he has a different feel. He has such a different as feel. compared to a lot of those contenders at seventy four. Um, he's got the Russian feel. He's got the Russian feel, at least a little bit. I think he's a little more stand there, hand fighty than like someone like Vito, right? Um, who right. certainly has a foreign feel. But um, uh, no, clearly, I mean, he when wrestling Makai. So the thing um, about seventy four, I think, is it's like a super explosive athletic weight. You got guys like Dake, you got guys like Burroughs, Jason Nolf, Imar, Makai at that weight that are so explosive, so Ooh. athletic. And you get a guy like Karchla to go in there and, and mix it up a little bit where he's got a little different feel, a little, a little more, more savvy, a yeah. little savvy. Um, I find it interesting that you numbered Jason Nolf within the explosive athletic guys. He is explosive and athletic. He looks so awkward. He does he's kind of so explosive. He doesn't have like a He walks like build. inside toe. Like he walks like this. He's a fun dude. He, he loves so golf too. I pinned him one time. <laughs> you remember that, Eric? I do remember that. 74. That same day. You just skipped over me pinning him. Jason. Hush. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. 74. I, th- I was really impressed with Evan Wick. Even if he couldn't break through in a lot of those matches, I think that he's on the right path. And I think especially, mm-hmm. like, get it. he was in there with Massa, and he's in there with a lot of these dudes. Um, after being the, the college guy who could not break through, couldn't beat Chenzo, couldn't beat um, – Marinelli, you know, I think that th- it's going to show like he's he's getting really close. So I I was really interested by him. I thought Massa looked really good. Massa. Oh, Hayden Hydley. Uh, <laughs> Hayden Hydley versus Jeez, dude. Massa. So that match, Hayden's up by eight. In the eight points, there's man. like maybe two minutes left. And then just what happened, Eric? Got forward twice. One of the times he threw himself to his back. That's very true. And then the other time he got ran over. <laughs> wow. Um, that's how I think you come that back there. That's here's the thing about a wrestling match. Got to close it out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. how many points you score in the first. If you can't hold it out in the second, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get your hand raised. So good on Massa for uh, just keeping awareness. He knew by, like he knew what he had to do, yeah. and as soon as he felt. Highly go under. He just ran him right over. Um, and then, you know, I think aside from that, Highly looked really, really, really good. Um, so, Eric, why – tell us your inside knowledge on Spartan. Why was Dake not there? Seriously. And Gabe and Max. Um, where were they? Pretty sure they had a quarantine. It was COVID. Ew! I Ugh. hate COVID. The big – So, what do you guys think about, like, um, Burroughs calling him out and then they got into that little tussle? It was – Hilarious. I, I kind of cringed on it. it was, you think so? All right. Yeah, this is a I Cornell like fan. It. Cornell commit. Dake Homer talking about that. You cringed on Dake? I cringed on both of them. Yeah. Did did Javon Belfour go... Um, did he go 0-6? I think he might have. Yeah. It's just a shame. Because I thought it was interesting. I thought he actually had a good little feel. Um, he... I thought he was pretty interesting to watch. Um, okay, he was winning. I think he was winning so, a match, like with like maybe. So Karch, I mean Karchla began to get Massa, like sixty-five was awesome, and I forgot I was supposed to be looking at. Oh no, I, I was looking at set. I confused myself. All right, let's talk about um, anyone else at, at seventy-four that really stuck out to you. I thought, I mean, Makai took a couple lumps. Um, I don't see any of those guys at the top. 
anywhere near the top tier at seven. No, it's not even close. Uh, so I see. I, I think Hydley is a contender. I think for, Massa for is contender for what to be in that tier two, tier tier three guys like to get a medal at the Olympic trials. Gotcha. I think everyone else is kind of not gonna. No. So you got um, like I'd say. So if you're saying it's, it's Burroughs, Burroughs Dake, then Imar sneaking into that. Imar, but I'm gonna say uh, he's still second here. No, Imar's first year. He took him back from. Uh, he's like right. In the, he's still, right there. That's he's, what I'm saying. He's, he's second there, tier, yeah. fighting up there. Uh, but I, and nobody's then under that, it's got to be, it's it's North and it's um, Massa. Massa. Massa, and then after Massa, I'd say probably Hi, not Makai. So I'd you say, know, I think it's Hydley and Massa. What about yeah. Chenzo? I don't. I don't. Chenzo beat Makai. Chenzo. Chenzo lost to Nolf. He's beaten uh, Imar in college. He's beaten right? Massa. He's college. beaten Massa in college. I think with the right training, and you know, you're the NLWC homer. I am really excited for Chenzo um, looking forward in the future. I don't think he's there right now. And I think he will get, like, as, as good as he wants to get, I think he's going to get there. He works extremely hard. But um, I think right now, just behind, being behind though that top four-ish guys – so good. Um, but would you guys agree with me when we say, like, it's it's Dake and it's Burroughs, maybe Imar, but Jason Nolf doesn't really – he doesn't fit into that group of three. I agree. I agree. Because, um, man. Not quite. Oh, man. I'm going to get, I'm gonna get agree. beat up by my dad for this. <laughs> Why is he high on Jason Nolf? He loves Jason Nolf. Who doesn't? Have... I love Jason Nolf, We too. all love Jason Nolf. He's – He's heard not so look. awesome. He's so awesome. Yeah, I don't really know anybody that could not like Jason Olf. He's got such a fun personality, such a fun style. Dominic Where does Burger fit into? Is he, Tyler Burger? He walks into the Olympic trials with Jason Olf's head on his. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm walking out with his head. That was the best thing to ever happen on Twitter. Uh, when Tyler Berger, 0-5 against Nolf, he's like, I'm, be- I'm taking him out. <laughs> taking his head. It Crazy. wasn't just I'm beating him. He said, I'm stepping away from Twitter to get focused. I'm taking Jason Nolf's head with me. He's like, I'm going Owen- I'm going 5-0 and at NCAAs, and that includes Jason Nolf. And I was like, oh! <laughs> it was and fun. He didn't back it up. All right, 86. Uh... It's it's Trent Hydley, dude. Trent like, Hydley. Woo! Raising the roof. Super good. I thought Miles Amin was also really impressive. I thought it was cool to see a guy like um like Brett Farr get out there uh, and go for those far ankles. Far, far ankles. <laughs> get it? <laughs> uh, I thought yeah, I thought was, Far Far looked really good, but I mean Hydley's on a different level. His underhooks are uh, unrivaled and Mm-hmm. I mean, Imar's are pretty good. But what's interesting, but here's really something that I noticed about Hydley, Imar, and um, Yazdani Charati. Hassan Yazdani Charati. They bully people with their underhooks. Yeah. They don't get an underhook and wait. They get an underhook and they go. Like, it's time. Like, I'm pushing you out of bounds and I'm going to get this takedown. Who's the Iranian that Jordan Burroughs wrestled? Um, I don't know. But uh, I think like that a little insight to underhook offense guys. They, they all do these guys too. are these they all do it different. But there's like the common thread of like getting to the underhook and using it like being offensive with it. Yeah, they don't they Dude, don't Darcy sit there and wait. They go. That's forward. the guy I was looking for. 2012. He actually a guy named Gudarzi from uh, Iran. Was that in the finals? I think it was in the finals. It was Gudarzi. 
Good Darcy. Good Darcy. One of the few on my show. Am I boring you? Jude, we didn't sleep last night. Oh, yeah, we didn't sleep last night. For, forgot to mention that. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's the World Cup. Yeah, so underhook offense, really good. Uh, but I think Hydley, it's got to be – it's David, it's Gabe, it's um, – yeah, it's well, it's clearly David and Gabe. Uh, also at eighty six, um, I'm blanking on all the names. Y'all leave out the man, the myth, the legend. Patrick Downey the third. Patrick Downey the third. PD three. Unattached assassin. I mean, you also homeless. have below that like a tier of like Nate Jackson and Sammy Brooks and um, I mean Dom Abinator is probably gonna wrestle. He's with Keeney, he takes. Wrestle for. He takes Dylan Palacios, homeless wrestler, to another level. Drew Foster had a win over Nate Jackson. All right, we are back after a short break for ice cream. Ice cream. And technical difficulties. And technical difficulties. Our computer definitely didn't just crash. Um, it was definitely for the ice cream. Um, <laughs> so we uh, we are getting back to it. I think we were talking about 97 kg at the we were, Cup. I was just about to comment that nobody's going to win this except for... Snyder and Cox. Snyder and Cox. And, and you said Jaden Michael Tbilisi Cox. Jekyll Michael Tabori Cox. Jekyll. Jekyll. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm a really um, Well, because of that, I think that I was, I didn't really watch 97 all that closely this, um, at the RTC Cup because it was, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that interesting? It really wasn't. But. <clears throat> I'll tell you what was interesting. It's heavyweight. Heavyweight has quickly become my top six favorite Olympic weights. Wow. It's, that's, <laughs> it that's made a, the list. <laughs> that's really wow. hard to do. I know. Wow. So, well, I mean, the big news. Unbelievable. Gable Stevenson does it. Knocks out Gwiz. First day. Mason Paris. Mason Paris was up by eight and then proceeds to get tech fall. Yeah. Day two did not go so well for Gwiz, no. as he mm-hmm. suffered one, one more loss. One more loss to yeah. Mason Parrish. To Mason Parrish, who got the so, win. All right, I'm gonna. I think we're gonna spend most of the time on, on a conspiracy theory that I have for heavyweight. Okay. I'm gonna oh, eat that ice cream if you keep holding it like that. Answer me this. <laughs> <laughs> Answer me this, Jason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Kyle Snyder. Uh, 2017, 2018, 2019. Was he or was he not the, like, the most marketable? He worked the hardest with Rudis on posting everything, on getting his brand big, and he was so, like, posting everything, You're saying right? 16, 17, 18? No, 17, 18, 19, right? Maybe not 19. Maybe not so much 19. No, not Especially so much 17, 18, though. 17 and 18. He got his new shoes, 18. Rudis deal, like, everything was kind of blossoming then. I still think... Burroughs was big in 16. Burroughs was big, but I'm saying he worked the hardest. He worked so hard, right? Okay, I think that's fair. And he was always on social media posting. However, 2020 comes around. He Jaden Cox moves up to his weight. Since then, I have seen almost nothing out of him. Almost nothing. Um. Well, what I mean, he also has he got moved. A lot too. He got. He's got been injured recently. He got moved to. Um, NLWC, and they have a little bit different of a, <clears throat> I guess you would say an atmosphere and an attitude towards, of social yeah, media. towards social media and perspective. I didn't mean to say I think also, I mean, he was in Columbus. 
with Rudis. Like, he's right there. Right. And it's probably a lot easier. There's probably yeah. a lot more Anyway, Whereas when you move across... Hey, you know, quit ruining my conspiracy the theory. Sorry, theory. continue. Um, Jaden Cox moves up, right? Now, heavyweight is clearing up. Gwiz loses to Mason Paris and Gable Stevenson. Kassar says he's staying for one year. Gable says he's staying for one year. Gwiz is falling off right now. Mason Paris is like the last man standing with Kirk Fleet, right? Mm. Kyle Snyder, there's always been talk of what would happen if he moved up. He's too small, man. He can bulk up, though. We've seen him be able to wrestle heavyweights in college. It's not the he beat same, Adam dude. Coon. He's wrestling. He knocked off Adam Coon. He beat Gwiz. But at the world the level, finals. he's going to wrestle Taha Agul, right? Mm-hmm. And like Patricia Feely. Who are super heavyweights. Right. Who are just huge, huge, huge. They're huge. But I think Kyle Snyder can do it. And we've seen him do it. Wrestle guys that are really big, like Adam Kuhn. So freaking huge. What Kuhn, what what Agul and Petridishvili have that Kuhn doesn't, it's just um, uh, this, athleticism. this athleticism. Kuhn had a bunch of athleticism. Sure, I'm going to say sure. I, oh, oh, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say Kuhn doesn't have the skill that those guys have. It's not, it's not the same. And I think that just um, it's a different animal up there. And I don't know if he can. I don't think I don't Snyder is best suited to look. Him, to he knows there. how it goes with Jaden Cox. He knows how it goes. They've wrestled so much. He knows how it goes with him. And I think uh, from the stories that I've heard out of that room, it's not close. Jaden Cox, it's not close with him. Do you want my ice cream? Or no, it's really it? bothering me how you're holding it. Just eat it. How, how you want me to hold it? Uh, huh? How you want me to hold it? Not like that. <laughs> um so I think that I think that Cox I don't know, <laughs> it really bothered me say. how you licked it and then just looked at me. Would you just stay focused on the wrestling? Ice cream was a terrible idea. No, no, I'm not gonna say All that. Alright. So anyway, I don't Do you so think it's possible that he moves up? Uh-huh. No. No. Do you think it's possible? No. Especially with Y'all are like haters of my conspiracy theories. Especially well, a good one. Okay. What do you what do you guys think of Kirk Fleet? I mean, like he's a beast, but he's here's not here's no. the biggest like the biggest question is he Mason Paris ready? Is he ready for Gable Stevenson and, and Gwiz? or is it going to be another year? Is it going to be two more years? Like, I don't know. How far is he behind developmentally? I don't know. We haven't seen him compete in long in too long. Because I'm I hear things that are like he is just uh, like I mean, just remember when Gable and him wrestled high school? Dude, you remember no, Gable? I don't. He was a two twenty. Russell Gable is a heavyweight. He's big size difference. Um, it was like a one or two point match. Gable beat him, but it was really close. Huge weight difference, and they were not in the training positions they are now. But I mean, if I'm gonna give an edge to somebody in training, I'm gonna give the edge to the guy at Penn State over the guy at Minnesota. Mm, right? That's very true. Yeah, and uh, clearly Kerfleet's a little more invested in the sport than Gable is. Right. Gable already said he wants to get out of here. Um. Which is a shame because he's been called the greatest uh, recruit. School. Yeah, greatest high school recruit of all time. Um, so I would say, I think if it's true and Gwiz goes out and Gable goes out and Kassar goes out, then it does really open the door for Kirk Philly to step up. And I mean, it's him and Don Bradley and Mason Paris. Don Bradley's falling off too. Yeah, you know he's like thirty-one. <laughs> he's like older than David, which is who had his thirtieth birthday. Happy birthday, Coach David. Happy birthday. Um, happy so birthday. happy birthday, David. It's crazy, man. Coach David. Not you. You can't call him. I'm, <laughs> he's coached me before. I'm gonna count. So, 
Um, I don't. I don't want to call him David though. That's even weirder. He's not going to watch this. No, he's not. So David. <laughs> <laughs> so heavyweight is just an enigma right now. I think that big word. Dude, that was a very big vocabulary. I, dude, I'm so excited for the Olympic trials. Jude de Cornell. Jude de Cornell. Uh oh. <laughs> um, so I guess the next thing we can talk about is the scrap life card, which I had it on my phone when we went to go get ice cream. I left my phone upstairs. So does anyone want to go to? Um, Oh, what's the best way to get to it? Boshamania's Instagram. And that's right. scroll down for the NLWC card. Shout out to Justin Bosch. Justin Bosch. You the man, dude. So, this is a very touchy subject. For November 24th. There's flour on me. Okay. We made sugar cookies. <laughs> <laughs> November 24th, there was another um, NLWC Rockfin card. Best one by far. I mean, I'll just read the matchups real quick. Um, Nick Lee versus Brandon Wright. Nick Neville's Moro Carenti, Joe Lee versus Zach Hartman, Franklin Gomez versus Boris Novoshkov, which is rematch of an Olympic. Um, Maxine versus CJ Brocky, Michael Beard versus Nate Jackson, Carter Shiraki versus Chance Marsteller, Jen Page versus Lauren Mason, Thomas Gilman versus Frank Pirelli, Zane Rutherford versus Reese Humphrey, and David Taylor versus Gabe Dean. That is stupid, dude. That, uh, that, that's got to be one of the best cards we've seen period right like i mean you have uh olympic level matches you have um number one versus number twos you Taylor have Gain guys could be the olympic trials final you could you know? you're having guys who are coming out of retirement in reese humphrey and boris Novotkov. you have um multiple number ones competing you have women matches you have the uh you know young underdog carter Straki taking out seasoned seasoned veteran chance marsteller like and on top of that, like, just making an extremely marketable product, um, they're getting better each single, every single so time. I'm sorry. You're, like, gulping that ice cream. <laughs> I have sensitive teeth. It's hard. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> so NLWC number three turned out, in my opinion, it was my favorite one yet. It was definitely my favorite. Um, biggest takeaways, my favorite. Carter Storaki is just, he's the thing, dude. He is the next level. Uh, and... He, I, he's right there. I say against Kemmerer. Yeah, for, uh, sure. for sure. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, if you're beating you Chance Marsteller with him last year, and how mean he was to people, how mean he was to seniors. Like there's like this Navy senior. <laughs> I, I always forget his name. You were there, he, right? I was there. I called. I think all of his matches, but the finals. Um, but so lame. You can't even call a finals match. I know. Jeez, I know. <laughs> call Christian. Tell him I'm mad. Um, so. He was bullying, like, this Navy senior who was the one seed. And he was, like, pushing him off the mat and holding him down, like, cutting him. And yeah. the dude was getting ticked at this true freshman, like, bullying. bullying him. And he's a Navy, you know, in the military, tough guy, mm -hmm. getting pushed around by this freshman. It was funny. Dude, Storaki is the real freaking deal. Yeah. And I, man, he's, he's... Certainly a three-timer, if not a four-time national champion. Because uh, there's nobody in the foreseeable future. I mean, let's see. If he's at 74, him? we love him. He's in, he's a, um, I'm thinking he's, he's in, in North, whatever. He's, he's, he's in my region. Yeah, no. So, 
I'm in the northwest region, northeast region. Northeast. Northeast regional. You guys got to teach me the regions. Um, well, I'm the northeast regional triple A PIAA. Okay. Carter Starocki and I wrestle. Which one am I? Oh, I it's different for double A. It's different okay. for double A. Um, we're gonna be triple A. Carter Starocki goes to Erie Cathedral, went to Erie Cathedral Prep, and so he would like wrestle in the finals with me. I was also in the finals, so like one year I was at one fifteen, and he was up there at one sixty something, and then I was at one twenty six, and he was there like. No, he wasn't there. But that when I when I, my freshman year, <laughs> he was a senior. So it's cool to see a guy who is in my region and I've seen wrestle. Uh, now he's growing up and kicking butt. That's dude. gonna be you guys. I'm gonna be like, yeah, that's my guys. That's right. I held my fist up for a fist bump, and Eric did Eric not did see not it. even see it. I was staring at Sam trying to. So uh, again, once again, Jennifer Page, rest. really impressive. The rest. Oh, the cone. Okay. So that that means the rest. You're gonna have these guys. Jennifer Page has not lost since senior nationals. Mm-mm. She is doing extremely well. I she's clearly getting better. I mean, she beat Lauren Mason, who's another one of those top com- contenders at that weight class. She just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, Gilman called out Spencer, and that's what he insinuated. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty sick. <laughs> Zane Rutherford versus, versus Reese Humphrey. Kind of what I expected. A uh, lot of fun to see someone come out of retirement like that. Um, and I reloaded Rockfin. Just, oh, I did. Great job. Come yeah, on. Great job. Dude. And then the match. Let's have Eric talk about this one. You guys talk first. Okay. So, we'll... This is a, this we is have, a hard subject for well, me to talk You don't about. actually have to talk. So... Yeah, you do. David Taylor versus Gabe. You have to make a pick for the Olympic trials. You have to talk about why you think the other one's better than the other one. You have to tell them which one you like more. No <laughs> tell them which one you like more. <laughs> yeah. So and then we'll send both those clips to each guy. So, um, Eric, our good friend Eric is a, a Cornell commit, and his good friend Gabe Dean wrestled our club coach David Taylor, uh, in the the card, the main card of our of this our game. club coach. Yeah, our club. Eric and I's, not Sam. In the the NLWC number three main card, and uh, I'm just gonna start off and say, really, really impressed with Gabe Dean. I think he wrestled just about the perfect match against David Taylor, and like executed the game plan almost to a T. Um, you could see, like from the beginning, but even more into the second period, uh, he shut down David's offense by tying him up and make, preoccupying with the hand fight. Mm-hmm. And you know, everyone in the world knows if you let David Taylor continually get to your legs, you're going to continually give up points. Because right. that's what David's so good at. It's just, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Pushing the pace. Um, interesting thing. That was the, the <laughs> first time David has been scored on in the second period since 2017. Yeah. Like he hasn't been wow. scored on in the second period. I didn't in know that. Three years. Wild. Yeah, because he, he hasn't competed in a long time, granted, but still, that's a long time. Sam Herring's ice cream cone is soggy. Because he hasn't eaten it. We're getting this clip. <laughs> 
sorry for all the podcast like audio listeners right now. I'm so mad. <laughs> I can't believe that this happened. <laughs> they hear a crunch and then everybody starts laughing. All over my new sweatshirt. <laughs> Hey, he's watching. If you're listening on audio, you need to go to the YouTube video. I'm for... furious. I'm going to the bathroom. You guys finish this up. Okay. Gosh, dates. Uh, <laughs> so, um. Bye, Jude. Bye, Jude. So. Hey, Sam. That, uh. That was fun. Sam and Alright, so, um. Sam and Gibson, new tag for the podcast. We'll replace that. Just put, like, a tape over it. Sam and Gibson. Instead of Sam and Swisher. Okay, so. <clears throat> Or we could do like your middle name, Sam and Jonathan. Tur- I don't want that. No reason. Sam and Gib. Sam and Gib. Gibby Herring. Gibby, Gibby Herring. All right. Um. So, initial thoughts going into. I know you really don't want to talk about it too much, but I'm gonna make you because Jude's not here. Uh, initial thoughts going into the match. Like I know these guys are both your buddies, but like, just from a like analytics perspective of you, um, what do you think is gonna happen in the match? Even without thinking of like who's gonna win, how do you think that match is gonna go? Um, let me just start off by saying that most people were high on David Taylor coming out off the mat with a win, like, maybe 10 nothing. Yeah, I, I felt that too. Uh, but anytime anyone would say that, I would, uh, kind of disagree and say, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be closer than you expect. Yeah. And that's kind of where I kept it, because I... Didn't want to get really involved in that match. I'm back. <laughs> I'm so it. mad that Sam Herring couldn't eat his ice cream fast enough. And then when he gave it to me, I took a bite into it. And it exploded it's all over fault. my new sweatshirt. It's your fault. It is my fault. I shouldn't have been so quick to bite an ice cream cone. But that was perfectly timed. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> The audio listeners, I'm still cracking up. I want to hear that. It just goes crunch. And then we burst out laughing. <laughs> so... So, yeah, this is another reason why you should watch the YouTube. It's he actually... Ma- he made me talk about the match. Uh-oh. That wasn't very kind. Okay. Um, is there anything else we should touch on? Oh. The the eight-man coming up? Well, before that, so, D- Gabe Dean versus David Taylor. A lot closer match than a lot of people anticipated. Certainly a lot closer than I anticipated. Um, really impressed with Gabe Dean. This leads into the next big thing, January 9th, David Taylor... Versus Jordan Burroughs. Mm. Holy cow, guys. What are we thinking? I don't know. It's tough. I'm picking David Taylor. I am picking David Taylor. I know you are. I know you are. And you guys know who I'm picking. I'm picking Jordan Burroughs. Um, so, Jude had a good article idea that we'll, uh, we'll go in and you guys will write um, an article of why David Taylor will win that match for sure. And I'm going to write an article on why Jordan Burroughs will win. So, um, first of all... I'll start on my reasoning because I'm obviously outnumbered here. And um, that reasoning is uh, because I've never picked Jordan Burroughs to lose, and I never will again. I'm kidding. That's not really my main reason. No, that's not good. Um, (laughs) I was like, wow. However. His thesis is not well supported. um, I really looked. Okay, I'm so confused. (laughs) I really looked at David Taylor as almost untouchable for a long time, especially um, this summer. The way he looked against Miles Martin – even a little bit sloppy, <clears throat> he still dominated, right? And I looked at him as untouchable and was like, I want to pick Burroughs, but I have no reasoning to pick him right now. And so I've always, like, wanted to pick Burroughs because I feel like um, I want to pick the underdog, like the guy who's the littler guy, 
um, and Littler as in size, um, just for Liller. reference. Liller. Liller as in size. So um, love Jordan Bros. He's like the American representative as in wrestling. And um, when David wrestled Gabe Dean, it changed my mind as David is not completely untouchable. People can score on him. People can keep the match close. <clears throat> and I told them last night, I think the way this match is going to look is a little bit like Zahid Markal um, with, um, what did I say? Zahid was Burroughs. Just more dynamic. Just more dynamic. No, I think, I think I was thinking David Taylor's Burroughs because, or David Taylor's Valencia because, um, he takes so many shots and every, every takedown that Burroughs is going to get, is going to be a retack. So the way I see this match going is I don't know if Jordan's going to take a single shot, like to start. I think every every takedown is going to come off of David Taylor's shot, whether Burroughs is able to reattack or um, Taylor is going to finish the shot right there. But I see it going, Taylor shoots, Burroughs reattacks to get into a scramble. Whoever wins those scrambles is going to win the match to mm-hmm. me. And so that's why I think, if we're going on for that, that's why I think David would win because I think his pace and his – I mean, his, his it's, it's not as, oh, his scramble we saw people against under, was, People really underestimate Burroughs. Burroughs no, I was going to say pace. His uh, his pace is good, but even against Bur- uh, Zahid, we saw he faded. Like, he's, he has sprints, but it's not consistent sprint. David Taylor I don't think he cons- really faded. It's consistent you, sprint. Like, against Valencia Zahid? was the one who faded. And he he scored, looked, like, eight points at looked, the end of the match. They both kind of looked kind of tired. They like, both looked tired. Here's what I said. Yes. Like, think of it like this. You got your energy level. Jordan Bros, he goes like here, and then he goes jumps up, and then he goes back down. Mm-hmm. Then he jumps up, and he goes back down. And he coasts at this, but he jumps up really. He can, you know, jump up really fast. Right. David, his coasting is all the way up here. And what he does is he sprints, and he jumps up too. But then he goes back to just a consistently higher pace. So I think that David, David's conditioning is going to win out in the end, and I think that, you know, Whoever wins these flurries of David attack, Jordan reattack, scramble, 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 these flurries, whoever can outlast them is probably right. going to take the match. I also think that, uh, man, years ago, David was a kid, and we have saw him tw- two times now be winning a match, winning the match, like, you know, against Burroughs and unable to close it out. Twice? Uh, mm. At least twice. Well, there was... I only remember one. The one was a cr- the cradle. Yeah, but that's the only one I remember. World Team Trials 2015, I think it was. He did two roll through cradles, right? Yeah. He's up by f- that. Three yeah, I agree. That match. Four. He he was up in that match, but I can't. I don't know if another match that they wrestled each mm-hmm. other. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but uh, that being said, I just think that David's gotten so much better, and I think so that he's going to try to get to the legs, finish quickly. He, I don't think he's going to be doing any sort of, like... Now, what leg reach. attack does he have to shoot? Uh, he's got to get two hands to the leg, because if you if you whiff on Jordan Burroughs, if you miss, you're getting, you're getting then he's going to be over here, and, and right. he's going to just, you know, get right behind you. So, I think get that... Get right behind you. Wow, I know. <laughs> Genius Wrestling okay. anal- Analysis by Jude Swisher. Jordan, hey, hey if, uh, if you miss on Jordan Burroughs, he'll, he'll get right behind right you. Why behind you give him a southern accent? Because it sounds dumb. Goofball. Goober. <laughs> nice. You, you goober. So, Eric, 
what do you think? Any any last thoughts about this match? I mean, all everything you guys said is perfect. But then Thanks. we also have to uh, know the fact that Jordan Burroughs is jumping up 26 pounds. Ooh. And I just feel like that's going to be a lot. It is a lot. It's because remember he wrestled. He wrestled. Uh, Zahid had a catch weight, one eighty five. We and talked about this again. Wait, mm-hmm. how much is eighty six? Eighty six is like one ninety five. Are you sure? Ninety three. I think it's one ninety three point one point two. Uh, let's see. It's one eighty nine point five nine seven. So David is certainly coming down. Burroughs that's is only four pounds, dude. I don't know. That's not a catch weight. Yeah, but. David's a bigger one eighty, a uh, bi- bigger eighty six pounder than Zahid. Oh, much bigger, much bigger. So, so, so I think, and I mean, even Zahid took Burroughs down, and I, I don't think Bro David is going to be that. The way he took him down was off a duck. Was a sick duck. It was really sick. <laughs> but so David can't do that. David's though. not going to be doing ducks like that. I don't know, man. It's it's hard. So this is where I see. I'm not going to argue that Jordan, David's not going to be a lot bigger than Jordan. But what I am going to argue is that Jordan Burroughs might have the best diet and nutrition system in all of wrestling. And when he needs to put on weight in a healthy way, um, he's he can, and he's going to put it on the right way. And he's not going to be too focused on putting on <laughs> – he's not going to be too focused on putting on bad weight. Um, bad weight. And I think that might be something that's going to help him with the pace, is being a little bit bigger and not having to cut weight, but being bigger off of uh, strength and just good size, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it might actually – so you know when you look at heavyweights, sometimes the lighter heavyweights do better. So uh, Tommy Rollins talked about when he was in college, he tried so hard to get up to 285, and he realized 250 was better for him, mm. right, um, that he was more successful against the guys at 250. Sometimes it's an advantage to be smaller. Now, David Taylor is not, um, like, un- an unhealthy uh, large. Like, he does not have to for him, up. really – I mean, it was he the, did it clearly really the well. right decision. Right, like and he, he was sucking. Really well. He was sucking so much to even stay at sixty-five for the college, you know, for his college yeah. seasons. He sucked so much, and then to you know, then go from that to seventy-four, which yeah. I believe is a lower weight class, right? Seventy-four to sixty-three. Yeah, so he went from sixty-five to sixty-three. Yeah, like that is so hard. That was so hard on his body. Now the thing about at that time, and he was still beating like Andrew Howe and, time, and stuff. But at that time, the weigh-ins were day before. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, but I mean, so clearly, dumb. like bulking, going day up, before weigh. I'm just gonna say that's just so dumb. Dumbest idea. Mm. It should be two hours for every level. The idea of international and college, where people are responsible and have responsible coaches and people that know what they're doing, having good rules. But at the youth level, where crazy dads are telling, "No, you can just keep spitting, boy. Just keep spitting." Um. We've been there. Where we have day before weigh-ins, where it's unhealthy. So stupid. Ugh. So dumb. Sorry. No, I hear you. It's just dumb. It's it's and and it's, it's smart to keep, especially at the high school level, to, from keeping kids from cutting too much weight. If you yeah. have an hour before, two hour before weigh-in. Jude, you know what they've done now is they've used that day before weigh-ins, and now they've added an even earlier weigh-ins where it's almost 24 hours. Like a twenty-four hour weigh-in. Yeah, that's what we to did make for more West money. Penn. Yeah, and I, people pay it. I would pay the money to get an early weigh-in. I paid. <laughs> I think we all did. Um, for Super Thirty Two. Yeah, it's it's an advantage, and we're gonna it take that. Is. It's but it's just a it's just a cheap thing for turns to make more money, even though it's probably unhealthy. 
Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, the tournaments are businesses too, and they're trying to uh, break even. Like if you're renting a facility as big as the one that they have in Super 32 and stuff, like right. uh, it's probably pretty expensive and you have 65 some mats and food and staff to pay and things right. like that. And um, they're dishing out a lot of money. I, I would be surprised if a lot of, especially little tournaments, uh, lose money over the course of, of tournaments. And then maybe uh, you got to have something as big as Super 32 or Fargo or something like that to really start making cash. Um, so I don't know. And I think with that, that kind of brings us to the end of this podcast. They have the flow eight, man, but I feel like Sam and I can talk about that another time. Sorry, Eric. We can bring Eric on another. That was pretty That's fun. It. it was. He really added it. a lot to the conversation by sitting there in his cozy little armchair. <sighs> Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I guess with that, we've come to the end of another Home Advantage Wrestling podcast. This was the Christmas edition. Where's Sam hat? Herring throwing, get the, throwing the sound of jingle bells. Jingle bells? All right, ready? Right now. Ready? Okay, good. Cool. See, so that was your Christmas edition. Hope you guys liked it. Remember to check out our merch, homeadvantage.com. HMA like Wrestling. Another ending thing. Yeah. On top of the ice cream problem. All right, so throwing <laughs> no, an ice cream. No, we're leaving that sound. in. <laughs> I mean, that. Put in the sound. Sam, mode. put in the sound of me crunching on the ice cream. I might, like, turn that up on purpose. Okay, so good. So everyone can hear it. Crunch. Zoom in um, on the drip. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope all of you guys have a very Merry Christmas, and hopefully we talk some more wrestling here soon. We just posted our interview with Yanni Diakamahalis, the third one, because we can't get enough of this goober. <laughs> we were just thinking about last night. What if we had Yanni and Vito on at the same time? Oh, I, mean, I will be Yanni on enough. I'll Why not have again. him again? It will be another Sam and Swisher plus Eric. Sam and Swisher plus Eric podcast. All right, and you'll just sit there in the corner and just do Eric, Sam. Anything else to close this out? Uh, no, Eric, thanks for jumping on. I know it's probably kind of stressful, but I mean, first time. Yeah. Do you like it? I did. Lots of fun? Yeah. You see why we do it? Yeah. <laughs> I right. had fun with Jude, not Sam. My Sam. man! I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right. And with that, I think we call it a day. We'll see you next time.